You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Blue Wire. The Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is Kyle Murray. This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. Jackson, Jackson himself. Look at him dart back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles. He is Houdini. Touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. Chiefs are Super Bowl champions here in Miami. All right, guys, welcome back to the Savage Pass podcast presented by Clutch Points and our friends at Blue Wire. I'm your host, Blake Lovell, with me once again, my co-host, Dylan Reagan. We're back here for uh, our next adventure through the NFL. We've already had five of them. This is our sixth uh, here in the offseason as we do our, our projections for the AFC West. Um, we only have the Souths left after this, Dylan, the AFC South, the NFC South. We always wrap up with the AFC South because that's <laughs> our division here on the podcast, although this season... As you'll see, it's um, I don't know how much of a division it's going to be, but um, it uh, will be interesting regardless. But uh, we're focused on the AFC West here, and uh, this is another one where at the top, probably not a whole lot of suspense. Um, I think the suspense probably comes after that with the other three teams and what you see from those in particular. This could actually be one of the more intriguing divisions. Uh, I think we said this last year, mm-hmm. not because you know it's a matter of figuring out what the Chiefs are going to do, it's probably a matter of figuring out what the you know the Broncos, the Chargers, and the Raiders are going to do, and and whether any of those teams can kind of break out and maybe join that tier of um, you know legit playoff teams that could maybe win a game. Yeah, it's been a little while since we've had another team other than the Chiefs make the playoffs at all. Um, <laughs> so, uh, the Raiders making the postseason, you know, back when Derek Carr had that one breakout season. The Chargers, yeah. it's been a, it's been a little bit of a, uh, you know, they made it. I guess 2018 is probably the last time someone else's division won the Chargers did. Uh, the, the Broncos haven't made it since they won the Super Bowl. Five straight division titles for the Chiefs, probably six, like you said. So yeah, it, it, the intrigue. I mean, there's there are things we'll get into the Chiefs that are going to be big storylines more about them against the top tier teams in the rest of the league and what the, you know, their ultimate season looks like. But yeah, the intrigue within the division itself is who, who challenges the chiefs at least somewhat. I mean, I guess the chargers did almost top them in uh, for the division title in uh, Mahomes' first season. So can someone, you know, get hot, win enough close games, they all are, you know, and, and kind of be close to where the Chiefs were. And maybe the Chiefs will regress a little bit for 14-2. and two. And all of the, these teams kind of taking different paths uh, to doing that. Very different approaches with what you think of the strengths of each team uh, outside of the Chiefs are at this point. We know the Chiefs' strengths and weaknesses, but they, they definitely attacked one of their biggest weaknesses really heavily this offseason. Yep, they did. And uh, we'll start with the Chiefs because, uh, no surprise, they are the team with the highest projected win total at 12 and a half. Um, that's that's probably the bigger game as to, you know, the, figuring out the Chiefs' win total at this point. Yeah. Uh, we know pretty much, you know, barring something uh, crazy, they're probably going to win this division. But how many wins they get to? Uh, 12 and a half is the number it's set at right now. As you said, I mean, this is a team that went out, addressed some weaknesses. Um, you know, you look around, I think 
the one of the things we talked about, and we'll talk about a little bit more in a bit, the wide receiver unit is interesting because Sammy Watkins isn't there anymore. And now I know what you're mm-hmm. thinking. Well, they still got Tyree Kill. They still got Travis Kelsey. But that's where you have the opportunity for some of those guys behind them, uh, like the Marcus Robinson, McCole Hardman, to kind of break out and probably move into more of those established type of roles. Um, so I think that's an interesting storyline. The running back situation I think is always interesting uh, when it yeah. comes to I mean, <laughs> If you look at their roster from a running back standpoint, like, and sort of that group of guys that we've talked about in like different locations, uh, it seems, and really just, you know, could these guys, it feels like anybody they turn to at running back is always going to be able to produce because you know what you're getting uh, from Mahomes, and that takes some of the pressure off there. But, uh, I mean, the defense, you know, th- there's obviously a lot to like about the Chiefs. I mean, you know, there's really nothing else to say other than that. But uh, this is a team that I think you look at it, once again, Super Bowl aspirations. Um, and just figuring out, you know, how to, how if they address some of these weaknesses and, and what is kind of the uh, the comparison made between the Chiefs this year versus the Chiefs last year. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously they invested a lot into their offensive line. They saw what happened in the Super Bowl with a, a borderline non-professional even like level yeah. of guys that were starting there. Looking back, I still regret that prediction. Just should have been able to, to look at the offensive line and what they're going to be up against in Tampa Bay and probably should have gone with uh, how you cited picking the Bucks to win the Super Bowl. But I do, yeah, they obviously invested a ton in that. Orlando Brown has not had, he struggled a bit from what I've read about in training camp uh, at left tackle. But, uh, you know, it's early in training camp. He'll have plenty of time to improve. I do, I was really high in Creed Humphrey, the center from Oklahoma. I really was hoping the Rams would get him. I don't know if he's going to start immediately. They did take the Rams center as well in Austin Blythe. So they have a lot of options where they just, they're like, we're just going to throw all of our money at the, the problem. We're not going to let this happen again. And, in the postseason so for me yeah the, i mean in terms of them winning the, the division it's not even really a question it's it's more of by the all by the end of the season will these uh you know improving their offense line how will that help them in terms of uh keeping Mahomes healthy uh, first of all but also just and not that he doesn't do a little bit of improvising himself to, to cause pressure uh, at times to, to let plays develop down the field but we'll see how the investment there uh, maybe hurts them a bit especially receiver obviously sammy watkins kind of a guy that maybe would have come back if they didn't put as much of that money into the line uh so i know we'll, we'll talk about this soon like who's going to be that number three option behind travis kelsey and tyree kill that really breaks out and establishes himself in kind of that sammy watkins role i do think these running backs are going to have a much easier time with the with the picks they have and what they're what how they're going to attack um on the ground and maybe even emphasizing that more in the regular season and a longer season uh where, where you obviously for them, it's about staying focused, but also not necessarily having to burn out everything they have with Mahomes quickly. Also, the defense. I mean, this is as much as I'm more optimistic about the Chiefs probably than any team for the next how many years because they have Patrick Mahomes. is very young and team controlled at this point. But the cap number for him goes up a ton next year. I think it's only around like $8 million this year. It's going to be 37 next year. So some of, some of these guys on this defense, I don't know if they're going to bring back Tyron Matthew. Um, and some of the other guys on, on that squad. So this is a big year for them to, you know, continue to just be a good enough. And that's been enough for them to be one of the best teams in the NFL for the last three years. They could have, uh, you know, with a couple of bad bounces, not won any Super Bowls. They also could have won all three of the last three, <laughs> yeah. uh, depending on how things went. Um, but the defense has, you know, it's it's a decent pass defense. They're one of the teams that uses more defensive backs than anyone in the NFL for a reason. Uh, they know the teams have to uh, come back against them. They blitz a lot with uh, with Spags as their defensive coordinator. There are still issues with the run defense. I don't think they really ultimately improve their defense a ton. Um, they've used an, uh, their second-round pick again for the second straight year in a linebacker, Nick Bolton. Him and Willie Gay 
do help the run defense a bit, plugging some of the holes their defensive line tends to, to give up. But, uh, I, I, you know, at the end of the day, they just need to be good enough. And their secondary has been probably the strength of this uh, team. I wouldn't say on the defensive line, you know, Chris Jones is an animal, but Frank Clark is one of the worst run defensive uh, ends in the league. Hopefully he'll mostly be on passing downs this year. Uh, their interior of their line isn't the most intimidating either. So it's more about just being good enough, not sliding. You know, they finished 22nd in defense in DVOA. If they can stay in that range, maybe even jump up a couple spots, that's going to be fine and good enough, I think. Uh, more concerning would be if, you know, if they lose one of those cornerstone guys in that defense, like a Jones or Tyron Matthew to an injury, what are we looking at at that point? If they slide down to the 26, 27, 28 range, that's where it becomes a little more scary where, yes, the offense will probably keep you afloat. You probably should still win the division. But uh, when you get to the playoffs against some of these teams that are gunning for the Chiefs in, the, in a pretty tough AFC um, and then ultimately who they would face in the Super Bowl, they, uh, that's where it's a more of a question with what that defense is. So I would still, you're still in a great place. I'd still pick – I still think 13-4 and four should be at least uh, your benchmark. I think that's within – very much within reach. They don't have an insanely tough schedule. It's kind of middle of the road according to Football Outsiders and Warren Sharp's analysis projecting their opponents. So, yeah, I think they should go over. But if, you know, uh, they are a team that as much as they have, you know <laughs> – advantages every team the league wishes they had i you do think the they're not top heavy necessarily but they are like one one bad injury to the wrong person this applies for most teams but especially with the, the depth that the chiefs don't necessarily have as much at certain positions like if tyreek was out for 10 weeks or if, uh, chris jones again one of those guys on that defense it does become a bit more concerning than most teams uh, but as long as Mahomes is healthy you're gonna probably be able to navigate just fine yep the uh, chiefs open up the season uh, at home against the browns in week one, um, they've got some interesting road games. They're out. They play at the Ravens. Uh, they go to the Titans. Play there in October. Um, but really, honestly, aside from that, like you feel like their schedule for the most part is pretty manageable because they'll get some pretty tough games in uh, Kansas City. I would argue pretty much all their toughest games mm-hmm. come there. They get the Bills. Um, you know, the Packers, the Cowboys, uh, Pittsburgh. Like all of those teams go to Arrowhead. So. That's uh that's a nice setup I think for the Chiefs and at this point yeah. I would probably say like you mentioned barring barring any injuries I think going over is probably not even a a bad thing uh, <laughs> there on that twelve and a half so uh, I think they're they're probably that good so mm-hmm. um, then we go to the Chargers who are next on the list uh, nine and a half wins and it's uh, of course for the Chargers the changing of the guard. Yeah, new head coach. Um, you've got a second-year quarterback who proved that uh, he's legit. And really, I mean, I think, you know, again, it's just how how dramatically do things change for the Chargers? And can they get beyond, um, what's the best way to put this, Dylan, being the Chargers uh, and not, you know, <laughs> losing some of those games? And we talked about that over the years. It's just they find a way to lose a couple games here or there, at least they have yeah. in recent years, that have kind of kept them from being in that spot to you know have that opportunity to be a legit playoff type team and and that's where I think you look at does that change we we kind of know again the offense you would expect is is going to be just fine um you know with Brandon Staley taking over but I don't know it's it's always that thing I think for the Chargers you're going to have it in the back of your mind can they really take that leap um because we know Herbert's good enough to to put them in that position but uh, I just, I, I, you know, we're, we're always going to doubt them, I think, until they, they prove us wrong on a consistent basis throughout a, a single season. Yeah, um, I think the hype 
is you know as warranted in the past years as it might be this year. But uh, I would say there's still – I think the hype for the offense is worthwhile, and I do have a ton of faith in Brandon Staley. I would say one part of the – I don't think it's anyone predicting Brandon Staley to go to the Chargers defense and immediately have them perform – like the Rams might, you know, just like a little more into the kind of people, like what the scheme itself is and the kind of people that um, that are needed for the what he does in terms of being a too high kind of safety guy, what he needs to do in terms of having linemen that can defend multiple gaps in the middle to be able to have such light boxes. And it's just, they don't have, and no team does have an Aaron Donald, but when, when kind of you'd see like this narrative of, oh, they got Joey Bosa, he can be the defensive line guy. They got Derwin James, he can be the, the, the guy in the secondary, like Jalen Ramsey in the star. And it's just, they are different in what they do. I do think, they, and you saw this year especially, they, they put a lot of emphasis on improving their offense um, in the draft. And, I, you know, they do draft Asante Samuel uh, Jr. at running back in the second round. But mostly I think they're going to, it might be more of a transition period this year on defense where maybe next year when they draft a little heavier there, get the guys into some of the positions they need, then you pair that up with the talent of some of the star defenders they have, that's when they could take off. They just I don't know if the, the right now, I'm sure the scheme will be adapted to the people that are there and on the Chargers defense, and I'm hopeful first that Staley's able to make that work in year one well. I just think that maybe by year two, I'd, I'm going to be probably higher in this team. I do think on offense, all the again, all of the hype is warranted. Uh, obviously, Rayshon Slater being able to, uh, play at a first round level at left tackle immediately would go a long way with that. But in terms of they, they approve the offensive line, I think Corey Lindsley in particular is going to be a huge, huge gain for, for Justin Herbert to have that kind of leadership from the center position. A guy that, you know, did not blow hardly any blocks last year uh, with the Packers and has consistently been one of the best centers in the NFL. Also kind of a second eye in the field. He's a guy that can really call plays and call out defenses, which for a young quarterback that, helps you a ton. They have the talent at every position. So, yeah, the Chargers, like you said, they always end up having kind of bad luck in terms of losing one-score games. They always have some bad injury luck. But I do think on offense, they have a chance to be really good. And there's a reason they're on that second position um, in terms of their uh, odds here um, for the win totals because I think the hype is warranted on that side. And I do think on defense, uh, again, even if it is a transition period and maybe it's not – as perfect uh, with the setup as what the Rams had with all the different guys they had on the defensive line, even unheralded guys like Sebastian Joseph Day and Morgan Fox, who was now left. Uh, the guys that can kind of defend two gaps and really are more flexible in there. Maybe they're not all, uh, they've had the same kind of system for so long um, the previously. So man, it, I, I want to be like hopeful they will be a playoff team, but again, I just want to see a little more from the defense. And I do think next year I would probably be predicting them as, as long as the offense stays afloat and Herbert continues to progress. I, I still think that that number right there at nine and a half is like almost exactly on. This is, this is a yeah. tough one. Like nine and eight feels very likely. Um, if, Cause I mean, yeah, you just swing a couple of those close games. Um, I think the really the offensive line, uh, you know, being so much better should help Justin Herbert a lot. He was really good against pressure last year. He was, his numbers weren't as spectacular when you put him against other guys without pressure, uh, but I think he'll just continue to progress. Uh, I, I believe in what he's able to do and his ability and what they're going to be able to do with all the talent they have. So I, I, I have a lot of optimism for where the Chargers are going moving forward on both sides of the ball. Um, man, I, I'd say the floor six, seven. Yeah. Six and 11 would be pretty disappointing. I'd say seven and 10 maybe more likely. And then for a ceiling, if everything goes right, I'd put 11 and six as possible for sure. Yeah, I'd feel like, like nine and eight right now. I'm thinking like somewhere in that range is probably about right. So that nine and a half number is kind of yeah. hard to, um, yeah, to know which way to pick one way or the other on that. Uh, well, 
What about the Broncos? Because the Broncos are next in that list. Uh, eight and a half uh, is their projected win total uh, for them. I think another one of those teams that's hard to read, probably, uh, just based on, I think, you know, for them, it's maybe it is like not knowing exactly what you're going to get offensively with them. Um, you know, the quarterback situation, you got Teddy Bridgewater there now. I mean, which we've seen. I mean, he, you know, put together some some good games. He had some good performances. Mm-hmm. Um, we know we've talked about the weapons. This is kind of one of those teams that's really had some underrated uh, weapons, although Cortland Sutton has really, you know, kind of emerged now as someone who's one of the top wide receivers in the league. Jerry Judy had a solid season. Um, you know, running back, you've got Melvin Gordon there. This is this is one of those, I don't know, I think they're hard mm-hmm. to figure out for me because I don't, like I said, like nine and eight with the Chargers. Like I feel like that's probably about the range I'd say for the Broncos, and I don't know how much higher I would go on that um, because I, I just don't know. Again, are they ready to take that leap just yet? I, I just don't know if they're there, and I think they're mm-hmm. they're going to be one of those teams. I think we look back on and say that's probably one of the harder ones the teams to, to predict too in terms of how their their record could unfold. Yeah, they're they can they might have the widest uh, range of outcomes possible. Like I, I put the Chargers at a seven to eleven win range. I'd say Chiefs is like uh, ten to thirteen. I'd say this one for the Broncos, they could go anywhere from five, four or five wins to eleven, uh, depending on how everything works out. If the defense t- elevates itself to being, so I think it, their offense needs to go from being bad to just fine, and their defense if it elevates from good to great, then we're talking about a ten and seven type type of season. I just I, I do think. You know, Teddy has proven over his career in the right situations. He can perform quite well. I wonder this offensive line needs to, to be better. Uh, that's the only part of this offense I have concerns about. I feel pretty good about what they have in their skill positions. But, you know, between if everyone stays healthy, that's quite the, the four receivers between Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler. That's a solid group. Noah Fant as well at tight end. It's like they have the – I think with Teddy in there, obviously if Locke can make a progression, that would be huge. He's just – uh, against tougher competition, we kind of talked about this before last year. Just wasn't didn't really pan out. The one good thing the Broncos have for this win total is one of the easiest schedules in the NFL, projected to be the fifth easiest by Football Outsiders, second easiest by Warren Sharp. So that should help them. And you look at some of their early schedule, you could see them, yeah, you, know, you know, getting a you know having a decent record going into the the middle of their schedule, and they do face the whole NFC East, which is a nice setup for them as well as every team in this division. Uh, but I yeah, it's, it, I just don't want to come back to the Broncos in like three years and be like, imagine if they drafted Pat uh, or Justin Fields. Like, just yeah. imagine if they had done that. And obviously, we will see what happens with Fields and the Bears and everything, and how he progresses. He's looked pretty good in camp, but uh, it, that's my only concern. I, I do think Patrick Sertan is going to be uh, amazing find immediately for their linebacking group. I think now with him in or with their cornerback uh, group, I think with him in there. Now you can see Fangio. He has kind of all the guys that can plug and play into the pieces of what he had with the Bears defense, and they're so dominant uh, only so many years ago when he had Staley working under him. Quite the defensive staff now, the current Bears defense coordinator as well. So I, I think on that side of the ball, I do think they have a chance to be really good. I think Von Miller, if he comes back, and he still has proven when he's on the field to be one of the most elite pass rushers in the NFL, I think they have the pieces coming together on that defense to elevate back from being good to great. So maybe that's why I'm a little more optimistic between that and the schedule. I do think Teddy can win, win the right situation, manage an offense fine. I don't think he's going to have to do quite as many things to win games as he had to do in Carolina a year ago. So, uh, man, yeah, the range is – that's why – it's probably five wins to 11 wins. It's a really wide 
uh, high, uh, the ceiling and the low floor. Like I, I just, I could see so many different things happening uh, with this, with this team. And I'm excited to find out. I just, I, the quarterback position is the one place, obviously there's a team rumored to be in possibly for Rogers uh, when all the trade kind of stuff was going on still, I guess could get him next year. Uh, so maybe this is more of a gap year to prove they're the best team for him next season. Yeah. I, but I think the offensive line is, if I were Aaron personally, I, you'd look at that and be like, this needs the Packers, even though the offensive line has kind of gone down the last few years, I'd still look at what they've had for so many years to keep pretty stable groups in front of him. And Denver right now is just, they're not, they're not on that tier. They're, they're probably more in the, you know, on the, the back half of the top offensive lines in the NFL. That's the one part of this offense that I think if they had a good offensive line, even with the quarterback situation now, I'd be predicting them as a playoff team. Yeah. I, they're, they're a hard one to to predict i think too when you look at their schedule it's just like you don't really look at that and say okay that's a for sure win but you could probably also look at them some and say and say well it's not a for sure loss either and so it's um yeah i don't know about the broncos that's gonna be an interesting one to see mm-hmm. how it unfolds for them uh we'll see how we predict that uh, once we get to our predictions in the next uh, several episodes then there's the raiders who are at the bottom of this win projection total seven uh, it's their number right now. Um, and I mean, I think the Raiders are a little bit, I don't know, like we had, I think when John Gruden took over, you're just thinking, you know, <laughs> how quickly can they maybe take that step? But I think as we've seen, there have been flashes of them being able to do that. But, yeah. but you know, they haven't had the consistency. There have just been still too many of those times where, you know, you look up and you're thinking, I feel like they should be better than this. But then <laughs> I also look at it and I'm like, you know, their roster's solid, but there's just like, I don't know that they, like, they don't necessarily have maybe the depth that some of these other teams have at some of these positions. And so I think that's where, you know, injuries and stuff come into play, which that's, it's an inevitability. Like there's going to be injuries and that kind of stuff. And I just feel like this is a team that has a very, um, small room for error. Like there's just not a whole lot that can go wrong for them to have a playoff type season. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think if you're betting on that to happen, where everything goes right, it's a hard thing to do. And I just, I don't know. I'm not, uh, I can see why the, I can see why the Raiders are picked at the bottom in terms of win projection. I, yeah. I feel like seven, maybe just with the extra game for me is a tad low. And especially because if you, you bet it, they will go seven and 10, you'll get your money back. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I mean, they've been like a 500 football team, um, but only because their offense has been really good. I, there are questions about the the offensive line not being as good as it was, and can Alex Weatherwood immediately uh, fill in for Trent Brown and have the same kind of impact? Um, obviously, Nelson Aguilar having a nice little back, bounce-back season helped the receiving core. Did not see Henry Ruggs really break out last year, but I still feel pretty good about John Brown addition. Offensively, I really don't have any concerns. Even with Derek Carr, he's... You know, he's always kind of ranked pretty well in terms of football outsiders, DYAR rankings uh, whenever he's healthy um, in terms of his efficiency. But he even kind of took his game to a more explosive level. They threw the ball deeper down the field more often last year. I think they'll continue to be on offense fine. The, the issue is their defense. It has been, and it's going to continue to be because as much as they, you know, they make those Amari Cooper and Khalil Max trades and they had all this draft capital, and really they've drafted just some guys that have not panned out uh, incredibly well. Damon Arnett had some of the worst advanced stats of any cornerback that got regular time last year. They had one of the worst safety tandems in the NFL uh, statistically as well. I think Trayvon Morig is immediately going to be 
just a huge upgrade for them at that position and gives them some semblance of hope, even get bringing in Casey Hayward, even if it's only on a one-year deal. I think for them, even if it's only a short-term fix, I'm all for it. <laughs> I think they're already in a, in a better yeah. place uh, in the secondary than they were last year, but they need some of these other guys to step up. I, I think Yannick Ngakwe has to – they need to find – that potential in him and need him to, to step up because they have sol- Max Crosby solid. They have solid guys, but no one crazy along the defensive line and a uh, pretty average uh, linebacking group. So, but the, really the, the secondary has been their Achilles heel. Yeah. Which is a huge problem when you play in the same division as Mahomes and, and just in the NFL in general with how many great quarterbacks you're going to be facing. Uh, they have a pretty middle of the road schedule and um, projected at, at the 13th toughest. Uh, they're projected by Football Outsiders to win 8.2 games, so a little, a little higher than this. Denver, 8.8. That's actually the second highest in this division with the Chargers coming in at 7.3. Um, but, yeah, for, for Vegas, it's really about the, the defense taking taking those steps and, they've, they've, you know, cycling through uh, all these, uh, you know, different guys on the team that they've tried to make work. They I just they have not hit enough with the draft picks on defense. They did invest a lot of picks on that side of the ball. Yeah. And they've, it's not just – oftentimes there'll be guys that do kind of contradict what experts quote unquote think uh, should be selected. And the Raiders might be the most, uh, 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 you know, on their own kind of page team, the most in terms of who they pick guys off draft boards that we don't expect. And in some cases that can work out and others, it just has not. Um, So for, you know, the offense could be again, top 10 and it's been top 10. It's been close to top 10 at least last year. Uh, finishing at 14th, uh, run run def- offense needs to, to take a step back forward to where it was a couple years ago. But the defense, man, it's it's a huge problem. Uh, finished 28th in DVOA against the pass. That's just not going to get it done. They if they want to make the playoffs, I know they were really close last year. I lost some really tough close games late in the year to the Dolphins and Chargers. Uh, even could have probably beaten the Chiefs twice. They had a kind of crazy game with them in Vegas. But uh, it's I just don't have the faith that they're going to be a playoff team. I do think I would probably go, I would probably pick the over just because it's not even seven and a half. It's seven. I feel like that's a decent number. If they say, if, if Carr stays healthy, I think it's possible they go down to six wins. I don't think they're worse than a six and 11 team. Um, I think their ceiling is still probably in that same range as the Chargers and Broncos 11. I don't think they're going too much over that. Um, but that, that would only occur if the offense elevates to, you know, where it hasn't quite been, which is a top five offense and the defense goes from being, bad to just not so bad and uh only one way to find out i just they, they really need a lot from like Mo, morgan and gawk they both have to have a really big impact uh, in terms of rushing the passer and stabilizing the back end of that defense because otherwise it, it could be another long year for them on that side of the ball yep could be and uh, that as you said will will be the difference uh, in terms of what the expectations are for the raiders uh this season but that is sort of a general overview of those four teams and now we wrap up with our uh, quick picks here for several different uh, choices for the AFC West, and I don't think this one's going to take too long. Um, division MVP, Dylan. I think that's a pretty clear-cut <laughs> favorite in this category. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm going to go. I'm just kidding. Uh, I was just, I was Derek Carr. Else, but no, yeah. <laughs> I'm all for Carr having a solid season, but yeah, Patrick Mahomes, this isn't even a conversation, I feel like. Uh, the the could have won more MVPs than he has so far in his career. Just uh, some other guys have, like Aaron Rodgers, creeping back up last season, could have taken away. And I know his numbers aren't always perfect, but no one's going to, I don't think anyone's going to have a realistic conversation where you feel it's in good faith to say that there's a quarterback better than him and that they'd rather have than him for the next five, 10 years. So 
I think uh, Mahomes is definitely an easy choice here. <laughs> yep, I think so. And like I said, nothing against Derek Carr, but I think Patrick Mahomes probably the front runner uh, for division MVP. Uh, breakout player. This one's a little more interesting. As you brought up a point before we started recording about, and we talked about about Sammy Watkins' exit and what that kind of means for the Chiefs' offense and needing someone else to step up. That's why I'm going to go with Demarcus Robinson because I think, you know, again, if we're talking about a breakout player and what the opportunity could be, I think this is probably his chance. We've seen it over the past couple of years. I mean, he's kind of hovered around that 450 to 500 range, I guess, in terms of receiving yards, and he's had several touchdowns. And it seemed like, you know, when he's had opportunities, he's stepped up. Mm-hmm. He's had some of those big games. Uh, so I think maybe this is that. I mean, we have to remember this guy's still only 26 years old. Um, you know, and so I think it's, I think maybe he's that guy to do it. Uh, they, they're going to have options. I mean, this is, I think it's going to be his what fifth or sixth year in the league. So he's got a little experience yeah. there with the chiefs too. And, um, really, I think he's shown those flashes of potential. And, and again, knowing the type of offense he's going to play in, I think I'll go with him because I, I do think maybe, you know, he could have the most opportunity to kind of grasp, uh, what needs to be done in that offense and to maybe be, you know, that next in line sort of option for Mahomes. And he does have a similar skill set. He can be playing the slot and wide. I think he's pretty reliable in terms of, uh, you know, when he when it's a catchable ball, which is most of Patrick Mahomes is making the plays. So, yeah, I think that, yeah, definitely someone has to be that number three guy. I guess they could spread it out evenly between Hardman, Pringle, and Robinson, but I think that's a solid choice there. I went a little bit different in terms of most of these, these breakout players have done uh, offensive players. I went with defense, and I was kind of struggling between two because I do think I do really do think Trayvon Mulrig is going to become instantly, even if he's not a top safety in the NFL, I think for the Raiders defense, it could be, if they make the playoffs, you could point to what he does out there already as one of the most important developments, a guy that's going to quickly probably become kind of the sort of captain of that of that unit and someone that they rely on a ton to, to defend some of these really tough uh, offenses they're going to be facing. So I was between him and I, I do think Patrick Sertan, as much as I wonder and want to think about the, the possibility of what fields would have looked like in Denver. I do think, I still think he's going to be an elite cornerback. He is in a crowded cornerback room and probably the, maybe the deepest cornerback uh, a group in the NFL with Kyle Fuller, Ronald Darby, Bryce Callahan, and then Sertan. I think that unit has the potential to be just dominant out there. And I think if he really steps up and becomes a number two uh, with Fuller, then, then you're getting to a point where you're shutting down both ends of the field. So maybe, maybe I'll go with Sertan just because, I have a little more optimism in the Denver Broncos defense overall. Um, and I, I do think he's going to be immediately a, a shutdown man corner that is going to take that defense and possibly if they do make, if they make the postseason become again, the, our big question here is which of these teams is that elevates and becomes that second best team and becomes a wild card kind of team. If that happens for Denver, I think a large part of it uh, will be because of what he contributes on defense. Well, and then we wrap up with our fantasy division MVP. And I think this is one where, you know, probably looking at the Chiefs before you're looking anywhere else um and it probably comes down to two people Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey we both went with Tyree Kill but I mean again it's it's take your pick when it comes to the Chiefs you kind of know what you're getting uh in this scenario uh, you know both guys are probably going to be fringe top 10 overall type guys probably in fantasy maybe um and mm-hmm. you know beyond that your other I guess your other options are Josh Jacobs. Um, I mean, that's probably, I I mean, Darren Waller, if you're in PPR, Darren Waller could get 15 receptions a game, you know, you kind of understand that. So he's not a bad choice either, but 
I think, yeah, it's it's pretty much those two. And then again, I mean, I guess you also have to look at it to where, you know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is, is another option. And you know what? Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes is probably in that category too, depending on the type of season. So um, th- there's a lot to choose from here. But I think Tyreek Tyre Kill is probably the one that winds up with the most uh, points you would expect. Yeah, I put Tyreek in there just because I feel like he's there's a reason he's going to be one of the earliest guys off any draft board, one of the first receivers picked. Uh, likely in most, he could be first, second, third, somewhere in that range. Uh, for He still gets a ton of targets for being such an explosive guy, which all, isn't always the case. A lot of the, the, the long uh, guys uh, average a ton of yards per catch, do not catch nearly as many passes as Tyreek does. So he's a he's a good pick there. Yeah, I think the conversation becomes after that. I think Waller's a great point, especially in PPR, like you said. Him and Kelsey are neck and neck. I still would put Kelsey above him, but, I mean, Waller's amazing. Uh, <laughs> they talk about that passing offense and some of the – uh, you know, issues about maybe the receivers and who who's going to exactly step up. It goes a long way when you have a guy like him manning the fort and, you know, opening up the field so much for everyone else. So I think he like he's a great pick, like you mentioned. I wouldn't say anyone in terms of, I mean, like, yeah, Keenan Allen will be solid, great, and so will Austin Eckler. Um, but I wouldn't put them above some of the guys in this list. It would have to be, yeah, like you said, I really think that it is really just maybe if Claude Edwards-Hilaire becomes that number one running back that becomes like a top five, six guy. Obviously we know his ability to catch the ball and the improvements on the offensive line. I really do think they can go a long way and good points made about some of the people they've drafted are they, this, Andy Reid is as most uh, team offenses in the NFL, really zone heavy in his scheme. Sounds like a lot of the guys they've been drafting are more kind of a, a gap pulling kind of uh, offensive lineman uh, with Creed Humphrey and even Trey Smith in there slotted in the start at right guard and uh, same with Joe Tooney and what he's been able to do in his career in New England. So uh, I think the kind of scheme that they're going to be going out and attacking will possibly open up more things for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire too. Um, and uh, with the, what they're able to they face, you know, for a reason, some of the lightest boxes in the NFL and teams don't rush them a ton because Mahomes kills you when you, when you blitz. It's the key is to beat their offense line with not blitzing too many or with not bringing too many people. Uh, but I think a great counter to that is to really improve their running game. And uh, I do think that as much as Kansas City, there's a reason they've been so dominant. They, the run offense did take a bit of a step back. And um, that, you know, think about where they were at certain points in 2018 when things are really, really running well and then when they won their Super Bowl. Um, so, yeah, I think Edward Solaire has an opportunity this season to take off based on what Andy Reid's going to want to do with that team. Yep, I think so. And uh, I did mention Josh Jacobs earlier, but something to keep in mind there is he would have to have just an unbelievable season and he would have to have the workload that we have relied on him on the past couple seasons which we don't know if that's going to happen with Kenyon Drake there now too so um that's another thing probably to keep in mind so yeah it's to take your pick on the Chiefs that's that's our best uh fantasy division advice at this point um just rack up on the Chiefs and you should probably be okay so uh there's that and there is a look at the AFC West um, and, uh, of course, we will continue, as we mentioned earlier, with the NFC South. AFC South, that'll wrap up our uh, kind of general overviews on all of these divisions heading into the season. And then it'll be time for the season to start. And so we'll make our uh, predictions and Super Bowl picks, all that good stuff as we do every season. Uh, but for now, Dylan, lots of stuff going on over Clutch Points to get people ready for the start of the season. Now let them know where they can find all of that. Yeah, you can go to the Clutch Points app and follow any of the preseason games and the NFL section there. You can also read all of our NFL content in the app and on the website in the NFL section. All of our content's there. If you search fantasy football, 
Uh, we'll have all our fantasy content located there, also on the top of the homepage pretty soon, if not already. Uh, by the time you listen to this, it should be a, a fantasy football tab uh, in the top, so you don't even have to search. You just click on that, and all the fantasy content will come to you there. We'll have a lot more looking at the top players at each position, going to top ADP values, underrated guys, sleepers, breakouts, all that. All the fantasy bud words you know and love, we'll have them all covered at Clutch Points. Yep, check it all out there, and uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Any podcast app you use, search for Establish the Past. Uh, that way you can get uh, these episodes sent to you as soon as they go up. And uh, thanks, as always, to the fine folks at Blue Wire for all that they do. And thank you, as always, for listening. We'll talk to you guys next time here on the Establish the Past podcast.